0: hello everybody and welcome to the 16th episode of the hsbg podcast i'm your host educator collins i'm here with my constant co-host shady bunny how are you doing today i'm
1: doing very well thank you collins how are you
0: i'm doing all right i guess myself um all right i guess yeah that's me generally i i I talk like that Uh we always start off with our constant topic the ba- weekly battlegrounds overview just kind of talking about what's been going on in the battlegrounds scene the meta sometimes there's patch changes sometimes there's meta shifts things like that I don't think there's been any any crazy shifts going on um it's kind of been like um like two types of game plans at least for me where Either you're getting, like, a really good hero, really good start, and you're going for, like, tier 6 stuff and uh, going for the win, or you get, like, maybe a bad hero, maybe a bad star, and you, you kind of rely on, like, the um, the tier 4 metas or styles where you're going, like, maybe Taunt Comp, maybe Max if you're lucky, maybe, like, Divine Shield strategies, things like that, or or Ground Shaker, you know, a lot of those, like, stabilizing strategies. So that's kind of how I've been looking at the the meta so far are you either doing one or the other trying to go for the win or trying to go for like maybe a top fortune or or so how about you Shady? yeah
1: for the most for the most part i i think that's correct it's just um there's i suppose more intricate things within those right where you know there's 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 those two big directions and then there's all these little things that are within those directions
0: yeah i mean it's more complicated
1: yeah, for sure it's more complicated <laughs> than that like something I've been doing a lot, right? Is something we touched on last time is Wrath Weaver. It's been very consistent for me. Where I am, um, it's almost like that's the equalizer for me. Where I just have, if I can get a Wrath Weaver pair early and I can just be strong while leveling, it just allows me to do whatever I want because you arrive on tier four, you have your Wrath Weavers, and then you can either Triple and you level to five, and you get a six drop, and you do that, or you Argus, and suddenly you have this amazing setup for champion. Where a lot of the time, early, it's hard to scale your champion because you don't have big minions, and you would need to first find divine shield minions and then Argus them, and then have an arm. Now it's just like, oh, one Argus, one champion, and boom, I have two big Wrath Weavers that are uh, scaling up my champion. So that's that's been that's been pretty cool. Um, especially on hook Dusk as well. It's been so easy yeah. now that I, yeah, now that I play more, uh, now I'm more comfortable with Wrathweaver. I almost always get to Wrathweavers as hook Dusk, and it just keeps you so safe while you're fishing for your triples. And and it's been yeah, it's been a recipe for success for sure. I've even done the thing we talked about with Silas, where I stay on tier one, and I just use my tickets to find a golden Wrathweaver, and then. I tried to discover a Sarlisk with that, which I did, and then I just went to tier two and I just used tickets to get Saralisk, and then I got Golden Wrathweaver, two Golden Sarlisks. and then you just we just won the lobby off that because it's so good. You got that so early, right? Now Murlocs are out in that lobby, of course, right? You're basically play.
0: playing old Adriana.
1: Yeah, old Arana slash old dusk, Right, you do that too, where you right. just stay She'd on one that, yeah. and just shoot for uh, shoot for uh, shoot for Saralisk the whole time. Uh, but you would just do this and and you just scale and it's so easy to get a golden selfless as well when you're down there you just like every time you see one you pick it up and you just don't sell it you just keep Um, yeah so I suppose for me the meta has largely been the same it's just I've been a lot more consistent with the addition to Wrathweaver to my arsenal Um, and yeah for the the rest uh, still loads and loads of second place taunt comps where it's just like all right, we just we just play <clears throat> for the uh taunt at deflecto or module on an egg with an arm, right? Especially with Guff. Oof, so safe, so clean. Just... I'm be talking about <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it just it just feels like second place champion where it's so so clean to set that up. So yeah, for, for me, it's been it's been really good. It's been like I hit 12k on you, we're 11 and a half now on an A. So it's it's been working that that concept of just try to high roll and if not play tier 4.
0: Yeah, sounds sounds good. I, I think um generally that's a pretty good mindset to have uh, especially if you want to climb just um making sure you're aware of when you have those potential for good games and then potential for like stabilizing top 2 games where uh, okay. you don't want to try to like you know ram a tier six every game you know even with every hero right it's not going to work out uh, most of the time right sometimes you might get lucky and you do get that high role potential right but if you're able to realize okay this is not um you know this is not a level of five get a six and then win instantly with with my like you know bigglesworth or whatever right it's it's more of a let's go for the stabilizing play let's go for something that can keep us healthy so that we can maybe edge out a top three, a top two, that kind of thing. So I, I do think that's just a good mindset to be aware of, so you can figure out what type of game it is and then react from there. <sighs> Next topic we should be talked about. There's a tournament coming up. That's nice. Always like talking about tournaments because I want more of them. You know, so I'm you know want to throw it. In this one, we've got a tournament from Nina, is noob also known as Salami. Uh, she's having a. Uh, girls versus boys tournament. I don't know the particular format. I didn't uh, I didn't particularly look I assume the girls are gonna be on a team or something like that And the boys are gonna be on a team or something like that They're gonna fight or maybe they're like gonna be partners or whatever. I need to figure out exactly what the uh, the format is but uh, There is a tournament coming up. It's in uh maybe like a week and a half July 3rd. So um, that's gonna be pretty cool. It's a Saturday. I'm also gonna be casting in the finals, uh, so that's gonna be fun. I always like casting, so you know, wanted to do it. Seems fun. A lot of competent players as well in the lineup, so, so it should be a high level tournament. A lot of, a lot of crazy stuff. And uh, any anyone sticking out for you, uh, shady over there.
1: Uh, not invited. Feels bad, man. Dude. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I like I out, It's me. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 It's. I mean, obviously, there's some really, really good players in there, right? So it's it's hard even to just be like, oh, this player is not that great. It's yeah. So everyone looks just top tier. So. Looks like a very, very fun uh, the, the tournament. The PR
0: so, answer coming from Shady yet again. No,
1: for sure. I'm looking at the lineup right now. And we're just like, oh, there's a lot of really good players. Uh, Anytime
0: you know. I try to make him smack talk, he's like, nah, everyone's great. I hope everyone Call has fun.
1: Yeah. You know, trying to bait. Him, <laughs> yeah, we got it on tape, boys. Ship it, send it.
0: I, I need those clips, man, where I can just, you know, put it on Twitter or something. Player X is trash. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it should be fun. Um, there's a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of interesting competitors there. And uh, I wonder if the the meta will change by the tournament, right? Because sometimes tournaments get announced, right? And then, like, a day before or, like, a couple of days before, there'll be, like, yeah. a patch or something. And you'll be like, oh, my God, what is this coming out, Right. And since this isn't like um, Blizzard sponsored or anything like that, right? Blizzard might have yeah, its own have no obligation yeah, to look at. That at all. Yeah. yeah, so I I'm wondering it's still far enough out that there might be like a significant shift in the middle by the time the tournament comes. So we have to yeah. see.
1: like it feels that we've had our like big 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 meta shift, and then like it feels like anything from now is just like little things. here. like, oh, new hero, like card maybe changed, but nothing. Nothing as big as oh here's here's pigs. <laughs> Get used to it. So yeah, so pigs would be
0: like, the big big meta shift and Yeah, game. that was
1: like the huge one, right? And then you know, there's like Maev out, blacksmith out, those things that that do make a difference. I I think the the by far the biggest meta shift we've had recently was uh piggies rotating, right? Quillboards right. rotating. Yeah, yeah suddenly you have to be like, Oh, I can play Caligos. Oh, cool, right, I can do that. I have time, right? So I can just actually scale Caligos. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be too worried, but I mean, we never know, of course. True.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, going for the safe one, hoping that there's no big changes. That sounds good. Yeah,
1: that, that would be my prediction. I don't yeah. think we're going to get massive changes. My
0: before. prediction is there's going to be a huge shift the day before. Wait it's Saturday. Uh, hmm. the
1: Saturday. The true. Tuesday before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> like a couple of days yeah, okay yeah. and then we won't have you know like five days to adjust wait a minute never mind <laughs> take take <it> back. <laughs> take okay.
0: i take it back there won't be anything crazy all right that sounds good uh next topic we talk about some heroes this is a very popular one for shady uh for me i wouldn't say it's as popular but it's it's a good hero whenever you get the setup Shady likes it because you could do a lot of like funky things. Specifically, I also think it got better with the um, the mech, the uh, kanger, right, well, right? Yeah, that's
1: that's been an insane change. You now officially never have a reason to go uh, past. You form. you can
0: talk about this here, oh, shady. Love it. <laughs>
1: well <laughs> uh, this, this guy i see nina is in the chat right now she she loves graybow as well or at least did at some point especially when you know we were competing in tournaments against each other she would snap that hero every time and yeah the the reason is it's just amazing apps getting second places and at the same time if you hit your really good lineup you can compete for first just a very safe hero just a uh, a plus MMR hero, we can call him. Where um, pretty much the only thing that can go wrong is you don't find anything that interacts with the hero power. So you know, for anyone listening, it's like, what does Graybo do again? Anytime you have a minion spawn during combat, so Death Rattles, we're talking Rat Pack or Micro Mummy, that minion gets plus one, plus two, and taunt. Now the taunt is very important because when a minion has taunt, it interacts with Arm. So you have an Arm of the Empire on the board. They attack into the spawn, the Rat Pack, uh, little one ones now deal two extra damage whenever they get attacked. But the biggest one is the um, Kiraji Harbinger. Anytime a taunt dies, the adjacent minions get plus two, plus two. You can imagine how out of hand that gets very quickly if you only have something like a menace die in the middle. Boom, suddenly everything gets buffed. You have a Rat Pack die, you have... Just eggs, right? Eggs suddenly start to get taunt as well, the dinosaurs when they come out. So it's very, very safe for your backline. If you say have a Baron in the back, then you can have multiple eggs that just die, but then they get taunt. Whereas normally if you're playing your classic egg plus Baron setup, you're always in the like, oh, I hope my eggs die before the Baron dies, or I need to get a module on Argus for both. And and in this case, it's so much safer because the death rattles also get taunt. So very very safe here overall. Love to play, and I guess we can just like talk about the different things you can do with them, right? All
0: right, good. I was gonna ask, what are like some of your favorite compositions? Yeah,
1: for sure, for sure. Uh, uh, So, I I guess maybe if you are new to Graybo, you might want to um, see what sort of the ideal thing is you're working towards, but then you learn that you can pretty much play anything and just have the death rattle as a bonus, right? I've played um, Shaker Greyboat, which is extremely little value in the hero power, but if you get the pieces for it, you can still just play, you know, Double Caligos for whatever reason, if that ever happens, right? You can still do that. Now, the main thing you're aiming for, as I've already mentioned, is the unit Kiraji Harbinger, because it just interacts so favorably with the hero power. An amazing setup would be a Deflecto on the left-hand side. The reason being is that Deflecto is a Divine Shield minion, so when it attacks, it doesn't die. And that means that you're always going to have a minion on the left-hand side to absorb the buff from any Taunt Dying, uh, which then triggers the Kiraji Harbinger. If you don't have a Soaker, as we call that, on the left-hand side, half of your buffs can potentially go the waste every time something dies on the left and there's nothing there to absorb it now why is deflecto the best one you add an egg a micromummy, or anything that spawns a mech <clears throat> that deflecto is not only getting huge it is also getting its divine shield back at the end of it so sometimes we can go as high as like a 40 40 deflecto Obviously not exactly 40-40 because that line is different, but around 40-40 Deflecto at the end. Yeah, like a 3-2 Deflecto. It starts out as a 3-2, and at the end of the combat, it's a 40-40, and it has the Vine Shield. So it can, like, donk something for 40, then value trade another thing, then go into another thing. So really, really good. Uh, Now another unit, when we talk about that lineup, right? So we already know that we're going to have Kiraji Harbinger in that lineup. We already know that we're going to want the Deflecto preferably, but... It can be any Divine Shield on the left-hand side. It can be a Bronze Warden. It can be a Bulvar. It looks a little weird to have a Bulvar in the front, but hey, it does the trick. As long as it attacks and doesn't die, it's going to soak a lot of buffs. But like, the Flecto, the best one, because it does get the Divine Shield back later. The Champion, um, the 4-4 four, four that gets plus 1, plus 1 every time a Taunt gets attacked. It's not very hard to see why that unit is amazing in that lineup. And then it's just things to start triggering the Hero power. So my personal favorite is Egg, if you can get oh, Makano eggs. That's egg. not what no, I thought you were going to say. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's <laughs> other stuff you can do as well. But if you, um, the easy one is Acolyte of Cthulhu, <laughs> right? But but the difference is on Graybo, your Death Rattles already spawn taunt. So on Grebo, Acolyte of Cthulhu is actually something you have at the start, but you don't need to keep it the whole, all the way through. Because the moment you taunt any Death rattle, it's kind of already better than Acolyte, right? You can taunt a Rat Pack, and that's basically Acolyte or better. Um, anyways, I digress the, um, the reason why egg is so nice is it introduces not only the buff, but also your spawns are huge, right? If you can get a golden egg, you are your tokens, you know, quote unquote tokens are 16, 16, and then they get that plus one plus two. So yeah, you produce 18 health tokens that then buff. So the, the craziness starts once you have a golden egg, what do you add in the back? cadgar now whenever the egg dies you spawn two 18 health dinosaurs and then the the cherry on top of the cake is you have a kangaroo in there as well so then when the kangaroo dies the egg is in there the dinosaur is in there the chadgar might still be alive you're spawning two eggs two big dinosaur every egg that dies spawns another two dinosaurs and it's just on top of just massive buffs and massive scaling on the champion you're also just producing these insanely strong tokens so uh when quill Wars are in this is oftentimes not enough to win which is very sad because we know flat with agam just <laughs> produces an, an obnoxious amount of stats you you know you you might have assembled the gray exodia and you're like it's not enough oh my god it's not enough right because they can just get these like 100 plus health agams out of nowhere and then that's so many eggs you need to throw at that. <clears throat> when Quilbers are out, however, and you're able to assemble this, your chances for a win is pretty high. Or your chances for a win are pretty high. Now, that is the, you know, ideal scenario. I get everything. I get my eggs. I get my Kangar, right? Which is, you know, we talked about the Kangar change, why that is very good for Grebo. Before, you would have to take a chance, where right? you would have to leave Tier 4, the comfort of Tier 4, right? And go to 5 to try and triple into a Kangar. Now, the reason why that's annoying is on tier four you have the most chance to triple your egg to triple your heartman, manager to triple your champion so there's pretty much no reason you want to go to tier five because it costs you gold and you're um you do I not get mean. an extra drop slot right yeah and, and your pool gets diluted a lot of five drops get get added like sure you can get baron but cadgar pretty much does the same thing as baron in that lineup so you don't need it okay so Ideal lineup, right? And then, of course, the the Kangaroo Chains makes it now even more doable to, you know, you can oftentimes get an early Kangaroo, which is still very good on graybill. You don't need, you know, if that thing spawns to Harvest Golems, that is still very good on graybill. Now, you could just play regular Arm as well. We talked about it. You can very easily still taunt up some Divine Shields, have Arm in the back, and then you can add a little flavor here where you might have, one harbinger on the board you might have a rat pack on the board to die and then buff you might add menace to your deflectos and now not only do they reset your other deflecto if you have two deflectos they uh, pop out as uh, two threes i believe yes uh, with the hero power and then if there is a harbinger on the board suddenly that is huge so you can even do arm comp for a while and then oh i found a harbinger cool you know when we refer to arm comp it's Arm and Taunt of Divine Shields. Arm of the Empire adds to attack every time a Taunt gets attacked. So those Divine Shields become lethal. And then you can just rotate out of Arm after that, where you say, oh, now I just have these huge attack Divine Shields. On top of that, I'm going to just replace the Arm with Harbinger and my Shields already have huge attack. And now my tokens will also increase the health of my board. They will uh, just add additional threats uh, or threats to the board. So I I, I guess that would be the two biggest directions you can take where you straight away get the pieces to play Harbinger, which essentially means you found Harbinger early and then you'll just play whatever, right? Harvest Golem, Acolyte of C'Thun, Egg, Rat Pack, even a little wolf that spawns 2-1-1s. Anything with the Harbinger is going to drastically increase the chance you win your early fights. Or you just have to play whatever is given, which then oftentimes leads into ARM, or you just play literally just, oh, I found a mama bear off a triple. Cool. I'll just play mama bear, mama bear rat pack with gray, but also very, very good. All the rats get taunted which then drastically increases the chance your mamas don't get sniped before your second beast dies and you just keep getting that value. Um, high main is another just example of a unit that suddenly becomes a lot better because the spawns are three fours instead of two twos. So that, that's pretty much the game plan with Greybow. You're just picking anything that helps you survive, that interacts with your hero power, and then you're either going more towards Arm, towards Harbinger, or maybe you triple into a Mama Bear. That's another very reasonable Greybow board.
0: All right. It sounds, this sounds all well and fantastic. But should we like talk about the elephant in the
1: room? You know? uh, go for it. Yeah, Clears. <laughs> Cleave, all right, yeah. Well, if you cleave, I don't know, that's not very ethical. (laughs) Ethical gamers don't cleave (laughs) each other. Yes, I will say. I will say this is the massive weakness that uh, pretty much you know all of my favorite compositions share. If you get, especially two big cleaves you can kind of just pack it up, right? You can play around one cleave where you get lucky. you like sneak in a little self or So you're like, and you're like ah, I hope he cleaves over there. And then I get a divine shield and it's not too bad. but Two cleaves is that's, I call that the career ender. It's just, <laughs> it's just boom, boom. You know, both your Kiraji's are going to die. Your Deflecto dies before the reset happens. So you're just like, ah, my plan, my beautiful plan. So yeah, cleave is a weakness and that is just something you have to accept when you play these type of things now luckily big cleaves are somewhat rare and sometimes right the cleave does go in the right spot We're like oh thank god you know or it cleaves the shield off the deflecto and kills the egg at the same time get the shield back something like that so it's not always over but yeah two big cleaves is pretty much you can't compete with that when you're playing a setup that is highly um reliant things dying in order right they're like oh this is gonna die and this is gonna die when a cleave suddenly messes that up not only do you have a chance that your tech units get sniped right your kangar dies before your egg is died your kiraji dies because you know sometimes things are just taunted and you can't really play around it Um, you also just lose a ton of buffs when all the taunts die at the same time the buffs from the kiraji harbinger they don't like, just get buffered and, like, all on the left guy or on the right guy. They're just, like, you're gone, right? The things that died in the middle, poof, they're gone. Those buffs are not happening. So suddenly your board is a lot less impressive if you get a big cleave, like, right in the middle, all the taunts dead. Yeah. Yeah, that's just a weakness. You got to accept that when you play this. And on average, it's fine, especially in the early and the mid game. People don't have a big cleave. Yeah, it's only
0: when you start getting to, like, the mid to late game when people start having, like, answers or specific cleaves, so... Uh, it does work really well, especially early to, to do a lot of punish, and there's a lot of fun things you can do with this. I remember, like, bomb comp, I love, I like doing that whenever I can. It, it works really well here when you, it's very clean, yeah. you just bomb everything, and then the resets come, and, and you're just happy, right? But uh, it, is a fun, it is a fun hero, very strong if you get the right setup. Harbinger does a massive work with this hero, as you said, so you know anything anything that can facilitate that right there's a lot of comms that um only this hero can play right like it, it's a very unique hero in that its ability fundamentally cannot change how you play games right where other heroes uh you know look look at a a a Graybos board and they're like how is this working right like you give this board to any other hero and it's just like this doesn't work at all but this getting the ability to have taunt on your death rattles or your whatever you summon is really important and just facilitates completely different game plans that you can't really do with other things so I do like the design aspect of this I also like that it's it's pretty strong if you have the right setup right but i I specifically like the design in that it's not something you um you it's not something you can ignore, right? When you pick this hero, right? If you pick this hero and just ignore the ability, right? You, why? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. You you go well, pick anything else in the game, right? But it's a it's a hero power that fundamentally changes how you play the game and how you do uh, things, and not like a extremely overpowered way where you can't like. It's just good because the ability is overpowered, right? It's good because you have to play around it and adjust and, and lean towards the ability. So I, I like that type of um idea. And it's hard to do that well, right? It's hard to do that and not either be over underpowered, overpowered, or un or unplayable or always playable. You know, it's hard to get that balance. So I do like um the design, right? Especially when it first came out, right? I looked at this hero power and I was like, ah, I don't get it right but then again harbinger wasn't in the game at the point right arm wasn't in the game when this came out so it it did get butt from the um it did get bust from the additions that they added afterwards so uh maybe that's why it was harder to really argue or justify a, a lot of the strategies because a lot of the strategies that we use now wasn't in the game when it came out so um that is something interesting to talk about. But yeah, I think it's a pretty fun hero, pretty good hero, especially of the setup and definitely some uh, hero to pick up when, you know, you don't like the other heroes. I think, I mean, you said that
1: with almost every hero, right? If you don't like the other heroes, pick this one, right? But you can stay with every hero. <laughs> I, I will say mechs have to be in, right? So for anyone looking at this, oh, you know, like, you know beasts are still in but mechs are out I'll comp- no just don't do it there's you know you need mechs right mechs are just eh. that that is your type if uh, i've mechs are out Teddy needs mechs
0: you, you yeah okay sure you, you can
1: play whatever you can go all in on a mama bear with him and, like, go
0: you it. can still just play harbinger like you know in mamas and stuff like that like just full harbingers yeah, just,
1: yeah. get some in mamas right <laughs> i love how that's that's, that's serious yeah i got you. i got you uh
0: okay well uh i was gonna say the two six mech but
1: that doesn't yeah matter. it's a mech, dude. <laughs>
0: sure
1: i mean can you high roll two harbingers early when mechs are out and then you got rat pack and you got the wolf and stuff sure but you don't want to set yourself up for that because I, I feel like on average that's going to be a minus MMR because that's, you know, that's not usually how it happens. Okay. But if you suddenly can utilize, you know, like even even just, you know, <clears throat> let's say you're playing Greybow, you've just gone to Tier 3, you can pick up just a replicating Menace and play that naked, right? Just 3-1 on the board. Yeah. yeah, it's so strong, carries you immediately, right? Like all those options are just out when mechs are out, so... You know you can try especially if you really dislike the other heroes you know when beasts are and you can try to make it work off just beasts but i would not advise it
0: okay fair enough i think that's justifiable statement you know preferably you want mechs. you know and if you hate everything else when mechs are out uh, go for it but we did not recommend it i guess <laughs> yeah don't try that at home. i i recommend it but shade <laughs> <laughs> results Uh, may vary uh, uh, fair enough Uh, speaking of Greybow our our minion for this week is actually something Greybow can utilize uh, particularly well when you synergize with Harbinger but as you said this isn't necessarily needed for Greybow in particular right since um, any death battle minion with taunt is pretty much a better version of this hero (laughs) but Harbinger does love this fantastic like this is maybe their lovers you know they have something between themselves because you see a harbinger you see acolytes almost all the time you know next to it so there must be a reason for that right but um very interesting one drop right i remember when it first came out i was like yeah it's okay right but just the amount of synergies it it has shown itself to amount of cards has shown itself to synergize is quite a lot and uh, sometimes I'm like skipping, you know, four or five drops for for this tier one minion just because it it works so well when you have like double harbinger and stuff like that. So um, there's a lot of utilizes. It's a really strong early game card, so you can pick your early. And then if you get some synergistic pieces, right? Maybe you're running arm and you just need something, or maybe you're, or most likely you're running harbinger, and and this is like tier one, right? So you see a lot of them. And you just pick them up as well, right? This also works really well uh, to buffing up your divine shields or your cleaves or whatever you need uh buffed up so um i think it's been a good card um i wouldn't say it's broken at all right i don't think this card is um imbalanced right where some other like early game one drops do a lot for a little bit right i think this one you have to invest in but the payoff is pretty good if you have the right synergies
1: yeah, I'd probably say that the main drawback here is that it doesn't have a type. So, especially when you're playing on heroes that are leaning Menagerie or you have a setup that leans Menagerie, sometimes you're just going to take a Rock Pool or even the Taunt 2 3 Dragon because you're like, mm, if I get Mithrex now, I really want to have that extra type. You know, we're talking, say, uh, a Hook Tusk, right? That's very reliably going to triple on five drops or even Millhouse that's going to try to pull Callios, So, that's probably the main drawback. It doesn't have a type, but it's well, still a.
0: Well, Tyrion's model. coming back, so you know one second. Oh, sec- okay. That- okay. Theoretically, I, I I don't know if that's true at all. <laughs> but you <laughs> know, gotta, in in our in our fantasy world, you know Tyrion's coming back and bam, This card's amazing. Yeah, uh,
1: Tyrion arm. Let's go, baby. All right. Yeah. So, I, I would say that indeed, it's the main application of this minion is to interact with Harbinger. And then it's very similar to that bow lineup we talked about where you have a soaker on the left-hand side. My favorite uh, is Deflecto, and my my favorite sort of ordering is the Deflecto on the left, then an Acolyte, then another Divine Shield, taunted or not taunted, based on whether you can manage to taunt it or not. Another Deflecto. Sure. If you can get (laughs) Deflecto, Acolyte, Deflecto, Acolyte is just all. And then, you know, on top of that- Divine
0: Shield egg or something.
1: Both Acoly- uh, both Deflectos get menaced, so they're both getting big, they reset each other, and, and then like a moduled egg indeed, that's like, mm. and then you're just pretty much cycling out Acolytes for Void Lords at that point, right, where you can, you know, because Void Lord is like Acolytes, but with Upside, where if you have the board space, you might get two or three taunts, which then interacts again very favorably with Kiraji Harbinger. Um, yeah, that, that's the one side of the card where, you know, if you pick it up early, you usually have to keep in the back of your mind, okay, if I go to four, let's say you're playing an Omu. Omu does this very, very well where Omu levels and then just needs to pick up a minion from the shop to be strong. If you manage to have uh, an Acolyte on your board early and then you just drive by a tier four shop, ooh, let me just go to five, grab this Harbinger. That is exceptionally good for Omu. So that's something you keep keep in the back of your mind. That is pretty much your ticket to six. That is a free tier six Omu game. If you have one or two of these with an early Harbinger, that is going to, at the very least, minimize the damage you take and very likely just win you those rounds. And that is just, yeah, that that is so good for an Omo or anyone who can just level, level, level and just pick up an Harbinger on the side. Um, I'd say another thing is it's just a strong minion early if you compare it to other one drops a lot of the time. If people have Murloc Tidehunters or Salamentals on their board, you're going to do better on average. And you can also pick up an Arm of the Empire early, which while, you know, it's not amazing because the Acolyte doesn't have Divine shield. The death rattle, while the <clears throat> scaling is not permanent it's still pretty good for combat you're gonna spawn a little especially early yeah 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 just dealing four damage to a four four that'll do the trick right you don't need that permanent scaling so i'd say those are the the main upsides where you know the the main downside is you do not have a type on it and it's obviously not an economy card it's not a token it will not accelerate your curve in that regard but it really helps with keeping you healthy and then interacting with either Arm of the Empire or Kiraji Harbinger um, to just protect your health while you're leveling. So it's a it's a very nice and very comfortable pair to have early because on top yeah. of just keeping you healthy, you could just like, oh, six drop, let's go, right?
0: Another thing, if you're playing reform, this card's very popular, people pick it up. So you triple this card super easily. Uh, I've noticed anytime I'm playing reform, I'm just like yeah, I'll take a pair of this. Okay, yeah, free triple. Yeah, I'll take. It. <laughs> I'll take that. that's a very common turn. Yeah, yeah so, I think
1: uh, the, the only complaint is if you have it too early, and <laughs> you're one like, Oh no, no, uh, I got to pick a three really or a four. Uh, I, I yeah.
0: had a game where I got um, the two three taunt, like the dragon. No, 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 no the no, no, the, uh, the the neutral oh, that's, but yeah, rituals. Yeah. I got like five of those. <laughs> like I was like, why the why is this the only minion that they have? <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, well I'll take her there's this is early. Okay. <laughs> like another one. I was like, so yeah, I mean taunts are really, really uh good for getting uh getting triples. This is just a random reform tip, right? If you if you have a, like a the Murlark not taunted and like the the any any taunt minion, right, you probably wanna lean the taunt minion just because... A lot of times, what you're gonna kill is the Tom minion first, right, or a spawn. So uh, it just makes sense to be buying up those Tom minions to increase your odds of getting those triples. But yeah, I, regardless, I do think this is a, a pretty good card. Works well, has a lot of synergies that you pick up. Right, a lot of games you're just you just run this because it's strong early, and then you roll into some type of synergy. Right, you roll into a Harbinger, you roll into an Arm, and just add it in, and just be like, okay, maybe I'll lean towards. Something with this composition now that I have this early synergistic piece, and it's it's keeping me healthy, easy to like roll into whatever I'm looking for. So I do um, think it um is pretty strong.
1: I would also add that there's a lot of situations where you just have this unit in the late game because it's just too it blocks two attacks, right that okay. that is probably the easiest way to say it where. You, um, this is especially if you're playing the Goldrin Macaw composition, you really want to protect yourself. And I, I see this suggestion a lot where I have this acolyte on my board, and people are asking, Oh, why are we not selling the acolyte and just hound mastering a beast? Isn't it better to have seven beasts or you know, six beasts and a baron if you're playing Macaw? And the answer is, if they go first, they kill that beast anyway. Right. If we go first, we're beasts, we're probably gonna win, right? So we don't have to p- protect going first. If we go first, we're we're gonna win anyway. Um, but if they have wind fury, it's actually really dangerous. If you just have a little say taunted mama bear, taunted Alley cat, wind fury first kills the beast and then kills your barrier and kills your and kills your macaw. Whoo, fight's over, right? Whereas Acolyte of Cthun will take two hits. So there is a small weakness there with the overkill elemental. That one will actually cleave right through it so <clears throat> you know you could play a divine shield like an annoyo module that's going to be a little safer but yeah th- this little guy does a lot of work same thing as if you're setting up a scam build right you're setting up a scallywag eliza scam build so many of my boards are going to have scallywags eliza and then just this guy at the end because you know two attacks where my eliza is now getting hit is pretty good you know over something that might have superior stats but not the guarantee, or close to guarantee, that my Eliza is not going to get targeted for at least two attacks. And then by the time they are eligible to attack her, she might be too big because of all the <clears throat> all the scallywags applying. And then, funny enough, on on scam comp note, this card can also be used to counter the uh, scallywag Eliza combo. Uh, not, not combo. <laughs> Nothing counters scallywag Eliza combo. Nothing can beat it, Exodia, You got it. They have to the scoop. It's a rule. Now, so. You might say how do, how does this stop the, the Skellywags where especially if your opponent has two Elizas? Yeah, that,
0: that specifically yeah. is like what that's, they need.
1: That's a really good one, right? Yeah, but even even if they have one Eliza, if you have a Void Lord and, and one of these, they still grow too big at some point to, to get through. The, the, the specifics of the scam comp is you need to have one open slot when your um, when your minion dies or or Cadgar will stop applying. So the moment you have a full board, and then you know your uh, your scalywag dies or your little pirates, uh, your little pirate doesn't die. I guess I guess that's the best way of saying it. it's kind of a complex situation to describe. But let's say your opponent, uh, you have to be familiar with the scam comp where the little sky pirates are popping out and they're attacking and they're growing. At some point, one of those sky pirates might attack something that doesn't have enough attack to kill it back. Obviously, means it stays alive. Then the next Sky Pirate pops out. If that one then attacks something and doesn't die, suddenly your board is full and Khadgar will stop working and you will no longer have um, extra spawns. So this can stop the interaction very early in its tracks if all they can attack is a Void Lord and this little tutu because the Void Lord will then die uh, if it is challenged by sufficient Sky Pirates, right? And then it will spawn... Void Walkers, and then you have this little 2-2 right next to it. So it is quite efficient at stopping that combo as well, especially the duo. You know, you'd prefer to have two Void Walkers, but you don't always roll into two Void Walkers when you're trying to counter it.
0: Yeah, theoretically, you kind of want like a cleave in the front as well. So you could knock both of those scallywags out at the same time. So that, like, because sometimes you have one get killed and then the other one is still taunted, right? And then like your big menu will go into that and then it'll reset the. The chain right but if you have to, if you have the cleave then you cleave both of them and then they'll just go in and that stops like the whole train like that's really where i've seen people just like neuter <laughs> the scams yeah. they go for cleave and then they I, and then they have a ton as well in the back and then like their core three or four minions are, like really tanky uh nonsense, right? Like a or I well, non-taunted, right? But that's kinda of hard to yeah, do. Battlemaster
1: master Mithrax. Yeah, yeah, those are yeah. really the scam. Like a big Mithrax will yeah. just solo the board after the yeah. combo has been stopped.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just weird, right? Cause who's who's like sells three good units to put like like, exactly. like Acolyte and and and, and uh, like a two for cleave sometimes. <laughs> it,
1: feels, it feels so weird, but yeah. you know it is just correct to sell your 60 60 taunt divine shield poison amalgadon when you're trying to stop the scam comp right you either get you know zap or you just have raw stats where it's just insane amounts you know like i've done it on double hogger yeah i knew you're gonna i
0: knew you're gonna mention pirates
1: yeah that game right yeah yeah so you you have like 200 plus health amalgadon you got like a 180 health salty looter you're like try me try me right but if you get like the insane scam comp nuts where you have golden baron, two golden cat guards, golden Eliza,
0: Doesn't it's matter. almost yeah. it's almost
1: impossible to outstat. So, but then you sell that 60-60 divine shield taunt and all, you know, you're like, out of here. Here's a void lord, right? <laughs> so, you know, this little guy, the Zacolyte of Cathoon, gets to do a big part in that as well. So, you know, like maybe digressing a little bit, but you know, we want to you know, cover all the little things, <laughs> the for him. and this is a particular thing. But if you're tired of losing this camp, consider putting two of these on the board instead of, you know, the big Amalgadon. They can just keep going in again. Yes, uh,
0: something you can consider right uh, to do at that particular board stage. But I'll digress. Nothing beats Scamcon. I'll just <laughs> <laughs> Once again, but if you want to try, you know, you can go for it. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. Our next topic we shall be talking about is guff. So, you know, they removed my F and they're like, you know, what? let's put guff in. I don't think that's an issue. Uh, we have a, a little Twitter post from Celissa, our good friend. You know, she has a poem for us to read. Me guff guff. Me happy cow, me press button, me win lobby now. Beautiful. <laughs> and I think that's actually a fair like assessment of the hero sometimes. You just kind of uh you know happy cow press the button and, and uh do really well. It's a pretty safe hero. Kind of um is pretty much regarded as you know, the those well strong consistent one of the strongest consistent heroes in the middle right now. And I, I always think it's funny how they you know they like remove heroes right they think are problematic. You know, Tyrion got removed, my got removed, you know, things like that. And then like the next patch they'll release like, oh here's here's, you know, here's this new thing <laughs> that is just as strong as what we removed. Like we have not learned basically. Or right, or at least their balance was like, ah, oh, this won't be as big of a problem as it ends up being, right? Because you know how players are, right? They see something that works and then they're like, all right, it works. Let's do this same curve every time. Let's make sure that this is as consistent as possible. And, you know, once they find it, they don't let go. So that's kind of what's happened with this hero, right? You, uh, we we were pretty much wrong in, in how uh, strong it would end up being, right? So, uh, I do think, uh, it is something to take note of, right? How do you balance? How do how do you balance these things, and how do you like get aware, right? There's not like um, what does league have uh like a pre, what's it called?
1: season or no,
0: no, no, like uh, they have like a different thing where players can test out their
1: oh, like a PBE.
0: PBE, like yes, yes. There's no PBE for for battleground stuff right so you don't yeah. really get to see how strong things are until you they come out and then you're like oh wow this is actually insane right like there's no there's no real way to test it out like uh, on a realistic aspect right like they do testing in in their own um you know torn realm but it's hard for to know how players will utilize this change or that change or this hero or that hero. So, you know, sometimes they think there's a hero that's going to be perfectly fine, right? And then it comes out and you're like, this is not fine, (laughs) this is broken. I wouldn't say Guff is like, oh my God, needs to be removed kind of thing, but it's just hard to know exactly how players will respond to every change or every hero without having some sort of like uh, pre-realm or PBE to test that kind of thing
1: yeah i mean i honestly don't really mind it like when i feel like guff might be like he's doing really well in the stat because he's just like consistent but he's kind of not... like
0: um khatun right khatun is like right next to him too similar right and you wouldn't yeah. say oh khatun is like, like so oh, crazy man.
1: so many C'thun <laughs> games domination just, like, brutal, right? yeah you know? man, it's yeah.
0: just because they're so consistent because they don't lose right that's like the real strength of a lot of these heroes okay. they don't get eighth they don't get seventh. I-
1: yeah, yeah, I don't like Cthulhu. So I need to see someone play because for me, Cthulhu gets eight or seven sometimes. But... You're doing it wrong. Because according to stats, wrong. according it's to stats, Cthulhu doesn't me. get
0: eighth. You know, you're doing something wrong, or, Apparently. Uh or, or maybe yeah. your opponents are like just stronger and they are able to capitalize yeah, on those situations.
1: That's not me. It's all my opponents. <laughs> every time I have to play. No, yeah. The the comparison I think is very it's it's a good comparison where I'd say Guff is a fun Cthun, because you're not locked into very specifically that curve. You can switch things up here and there. And you know, sometimes you can skip the hero power without feeling absolutely awful about it. Whereas Cthun is a no-go, right? You have the hero power. And and with Guff sometimes you're like, you know what, well, okay, we'll skip the hero power here because it really doesn't fit. And, and you don't feel suddenly like like you, you've lost the game, so.
0: And you get to level.
1: Yes, that's, you get. To, that's my you get favorite to level all the way to tier four. That's, yeah, that's really oh, tier four. Game. Yeah, <laughs> So I will say and it comes as no big surprise. Guff is pretty good at playing Taunt Oh uh, God, every,
0: <laughs> every hero is pretty good at playing Taunt oh, Cup, yeah. according so, to Shady.
1: Honestly, my Guff game plan is uh, don't go to five. I don't go to five on Guff. And I will I will say that I probably get second place in the vast majority of my games where I lose to someone that has the nuts usually involving Flat gag but everyone else because it's just so safe and you can just you can just roll on tier four while you're being strong. I'd say that's what enables it so well where. Taunt Comp really requires we talked about like Cyndragosa a little bit where you can use Cyndragosa to just have strong minions which then allow you to roll for specifically your Taunt Comp pieces. While well, Gov does that like 10 times better where you it's it's much more flexible, you're on tier four faster, your your buff is, is is better, your buff keeps going, right? So Gov does it very well where you just have a strong board and then you know once you find a boulevard to buff a deflecto to buff a moduled egg, it's just it's all just bonus It's so much bonus um now of course you can you can level to five you can level to six if you and that's that's how you get those first places as guff. but i think that's also how you get the non-second places where you know you're like ah let's just go to five ah let's go to six and oh my god i got hit for 20 right well that doesn't really happen if you're camping on four fair enough you know
0: but um any other specific thoughts on this hero, you know, do you...
1: Oh, for sure, for sure. So I think the the, the biggest thing on Guff in the early game is the uh, seven gold turn. I think that's the big one where you have to make your first big decision. Well, we can first start, you know, like when, when which unit would you like to see early, right? I think the one drop doesn't matter as much. Micromarmy is nice because then we're buffing a reset that can get moduled. But then the two drop is the first one where you actually get a little bit of choice where ooh I could roll or I could settle. Right. That's on five gold. You need to purchase one. (laughs) Never settle. (laughs) Never settle. Always roll. roll. Uh, Even when you're down to four gold. Roll. Don't settle. Uh, So, yeah. There's a couple of really nice ones. I would say uh, selfless hero is something that just works really well later on where you have this huge attack selfless hero that you could potentially triple. And it is going to divine shield your huge attack minions. That seems pretty good. You can get the Ritualist early, which is always nice if you can get a way to buff Ritualist. It suddenly starts surviving some, you know, a three damage attack. It gets the buff once, twice, three times. Especially if you somehow get to triple it, you can have just South Sea Pirate, you know, or South Sea Cap, or not, not the, the two six actually, the Yoho, right? The Yoho, the two six. Yeah. Uh, any type of plus attack boost on that card suddenly makes it two times better. Um, I'd say that's probably like the main target sometimes I start out with a weaver and then of course any demon any tier 2 demons so either the overseer or the imprisoner is pretty good you got any more like nice targets on 2 you're uh, looking for
0: I think you've covered most of them right that's especially good, if you're yeah. considering not going to um, 5 right if you go right. to 5 then menagerie starts opening up right and stuff like that that's you, very true. where you can uh, just pick up uh, you know, good tribe minions or things with divine shields where that, that just works. I mean, you can still always do that, but, um, if you're staying on four, right. Then you, you've pretty much covered it, right. If you're going to five, then you can look for more menagerie targets that, uh, you can just keep, keep, you keep for the rest of the
1: game, get ready for the myth. Yes. Yeah, That is true. That is true. Um, and, and then, you know, we, we talked about the seven gold turn being the pivotal one, right. Where you either uh, I you know some people roll. I feel like that's bad. I think you're either double buying and hero powering or you're leveling up. I think if you spend your gold rolling there and you don't hit a though, or just a bronze warden or anything amazing, think, it feels like you're out.
0: I didn't and know so, rolling was an option on that turn. <laughs> yeah, but some people do. <laughs> some <something> people do. <laughs>
1: some people do because. Because this is, this is I think, the bait when you start playing exactly like Cthulhu, right? Cthulhu would roll there for the shield, right? right. Because you need to yeah. as C'thun. And that's where I think the bait comes in, where you're not exactly Cthulhu, right? So the same thing with Macaw Selfless. Sure, if it comes for free, fine, but don't force it. You're not C'Thun. You don't have to do that. Your minions aren't as big. You have more flexibility. You can swap out pieces here and there. It's not that a unit you buy on, you know, like turn four or something doesn't need to stay all game so yeah so what would be a good goodbye deflecto bronze ward and just any divine shield on that turn is amazing the whirly elemental the four one is also great but sometimes it can be something like the um you picked up the the four three quill board the one that gets the shield when you get a gem and then you find the thorn collar in the shop and you're like okay that could work right Not it's not premium but it could work so I usually prefer double-buy hero power, but if the shop is just, "Mm, you really need to start reaching for a target, leveling up is fine. You level up for seven gold, and then the eight gold turn is a little scary because you have (laughs) one roll. You have one roll, that means two shops. Within two shops, you need to find a good four drop and a good three drop, and that can be a bit scary. So that's why I prefer double-buying because you're not in that, oh my god if i get two bad shops it's over right that's how it feels at least for me because then you start rolling on four if you have two bad shops and then you start picking up only one four drop or one three drop and then you're behind you don't have four minions on the board etc cetera, etc cetera. so i'd say that's probably the, the biggest thing in the early game that determines your success is that seven gold shop if it's bad you have to level and then you have two shots two shops one roll at finding a good four and a good three so you there i would settle a little bit because you know if you miss it's it's really bad
0: fair enough yeah that's uh that's a lot of good points there and in terms of just um playing it out i guess if you don't want to play tonicop you want to level right that's uh there's a couple of things on five you can look for right A, a lot of times I would say it's those Menagerie um, setups, right? So it's, you know, Mithrax, Brand, Lightfang, I guess, would be the three, just because um, if you pick them up, especially early, right, you can just go from there. Divine Shield, super premium in, in almost every setting. So um, Hydra's really nice as well, right? Like, Hydra's probably the, the thing that allows me to go into the, the Menagerie setup if I get it early on 4, because you can just... You get the Hydra, then you're like, okay, if I hit that, I hit the Light Fang, right? My thing just goes super, super fast. I'm not, like, worried about taking a lot of damage, right? Because you have a a Hydra, like, chunking a lot of the early damage, right? Because, you know, people put a ton and then they're big, like, their Tier 5 or Tier 4 minion there. You just chunk it, so you're not taking a lot. So um, it's really when beasts are in and you can uh, get to... Um, a good tier five without losing a lot, right? But it really depends on what four and three you get, right? Like your your fours and threes have to be solid, right? Because the worst feeling is going to five and then not having any realistic scaling or any minions that you want to keep and you're also on five and you're still rolling and you're not happy with the things you need, right? So let's say uh, you have like some random three some random four you hit a life finger. you're know, like okay now I need to find a good three and a good four right that's going to set you back so far so it's when you have already that good scaling and you know you have the divine shield, you have a cleave or whatever and you cannot you can scale from there that's when going to four or going to five can make sense and then you go from there but if you don't hit anything you like right four is always safe right that's the nice thing about being on four there's never really a like i'm screwed i'm at four you know like it doesn't necessarily happen so if you're not super happy with the minions that you've picked up on four and even if you go to five and hit and hit what you want or you hit the light thing right is that going to save you or do you have to you hit the life thing and then you have to find the pieces you need right afterwards like that's not really going to cut in this this meta you need to have the piece that you're going to keep um, when you're when you're leveling to four, so if you do get that, Hydra is like super key because it's so easy to buff. Right then, um, then I think going to five makes sense. But I, I do want to mention that it is a possibility. Right, you don't have to play Tomcom every game, especially if you don't like it. You know, Shay likes it, so he's like, let's do it. I don't say I would not say I like it. <laughs> so <laughs> I always try to find a way to get around that situation. You know, but I do understand that it does work very well. So. I will mention that, um, but yeah, I I think um, in terms of thoughts on Guth, I wouldn't say remove it or anything like that. I, I'm I'm fine with the hero. I I just think it's funny that you know they removed my ev right. They're like, oh, this is hero, this hero power is too strong, whatever reason, and then they're like immediately introducing a, a replacement. <laughs> like, I they, what's the point of removing my? You know, I don't. I just don't. I don't I see
1: think, it. I don't think a big part of it is because there was just the crusade, right, of a few people that were just really tired of seeing her. And I guess I, so. I think that it is also reasonable to say remove the hero that's been at the top for so long, right? She's been top dog for pretty much since I started.
0: Since they buffed her. So she yeah. she used to be unplayable. 'Cause yes, they exactly would lock right. out the uh, um the minion slot, but then, once they fixed that.
1: One, you would just get minus one minion yeah. per roll. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. That's that's not a great
0: hero. <laughs> <One> <laughs> per yeah. uh, As soon as they fixed so. that, that would then she was off to racism almost immediately. I was surprised how much of a difference it made per, personally when they fixed that minus one roll. Like but it yeah. goes I mean, to show you how strong right. it is.
1: That's that's part of the reason why you go to 4 why you go to 6 right at extra shop slot so what about a hero
0: like- why isn't there a hero with that as a their ability? like just an extra, I mean, extra-
1: yeah I mean you have a Rana, right that does a similar thing
0: yeah Arana is not no, not the same <laughs> No, nah, you have to you have to invest in it like you know and, and if you the You're thing is if you
1: line, shop slot
0: if you play a normally like other heroes you won't get that ability until like Super yes. late in the game, yeah. That's that's the real like crime. You have to play different to utilize your, your the ability.
1: Concept: You have an extra shop slot.
0: Yeah, like uh, yeah. if you love with a six, then okay. Well, what are you doing good for you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good for you. That kind of thing. I agree. um Actually, I think there's an extra s- slot even on six, right? you don't get all Yeah,
1: you get to because with ev, you you got the pin one
0: yeah 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 so even even on six you're still getting that value so you know i'm just saying like free hero design right there i don't know how strong it would be but that's what the pb is for right (laughs) oh man anyways uh yeah i I just wanted to talk about the hero because salsa gave us a nice poem and i I need topics (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, I think indeed it's it's not an invasive kind of you know, because you know for all I really like playing my there was that obnoxious, oh, it's nine gold. that's a boat and analyze on board, isn't it
0: <laughs> you know
1: that that then that happened where my was very good at pulling two six drops at the same. it eye.
0: still happens though with different heroes, right other you know, but yeah, I guess it's I guess less I- common.
1: I like to make the joke where you play Maev and you know you're gonna get screwed on nine gold, you play hook dusk, you, know <laughs> you know you gonna whenever you face hook dusk, right? So it's just she can spy she can she can spike at any time she wants, right? She can spike on turn two if she wants, right? Play Omu. Can you know,
0: screw too, you can screw Well, I think
1: with Farm, like it can happen, but it's like still fairly okay. I think Omu is also I, I would say Hook Dusk. Omu, and there's maybe one more like big offender. Jam this, right? Jam this, Omu, those are the three that can just out of nowhere end your game. We're just like, oh, that is a completely unfair board. I guess I'm going to die.
0: And reno happens. but reno you're kind of you're like okay sure,
1: yeah you, you give it to reno you're like, right you're like okay. all right reno you win this time i'll get you next time right like, sure you pull the six you have a golden eliza or a golden coiler like oh okay you know you killed me but that's you know that's the outliers most renos that try that die right Whereas most omu's hook tusks or jan is that's their part of their regular routine where they just they're really strong at some point. And you're like, holy crap, how did this happen? Fair enough. I do agree with
0: that. Uh last topic here will be some compositions. So these are some of the um like the high MMR compositions that people are playing. And uh and I thought it was interesting just to take a look at some of them and just see um, you know, what they in particularly are doing, you know, and just like evaluating, right? So these are I think this is top 20%, uh, in MMR, which isn't like, it's not crazy. I think that's like 6,000 or 7,000
1: to be fair. Yeah.
0: yeah so well,
1: it's, I think that's also the, the tracked MMR, right? The people that use tech trackers, but I'm not sure. Yeah.
0: About. But even then, like that's, yeah, sure. that should it. be, yeah, it. it should be a good, um, uh, representation. So, um, you know, tier one, it's alone. Uh, with dragons, right? I think that can be a little bit surprising, um, just because, uh, you know, I wouldn't say dragons are like the strongest archetype right now. Like, um, I do want to admit that the way they analyze some of these compositions can skew the numbers, right? Because, you know, you're basically only playing dragons if you have like a Caligus or something like that, right? Like, I like if you if you're running. Like, or or Nadina, I guess. If you're running like random dragons and you die, right? By that time, you switch out of the dragons, right? So you end up dying with like Menager or some something like that. You don't end up dying with dragons. So usually the the when they record dragons as your gameplay, you you have some type of dragon composition stat line where you you have like a Caligos or or something like that. So it it kind of skews the numbers. I think that's that's probably one of the reasons why. Um, it looks so favorable for dragons just cuz like only when you get the pieces are does it work but with that in mind if you do get the pieces i mean it is you know it is strong <laughs> it'll kill people so uh um and um like the the examples are you are pretty much first place um wins right they're like average first place wins right so um one thing I noticed immediately is there's like an Amalgadon in like every single comp, <laughs> just down yeah. the line. It's just like <laughs> Amalgadon is everything. Even even Pirate Scam. I thought that was I so weird. To
1: point out, I could see why the Pirate Scam is number three and not number one. <laughs> there's a fucking taunt right next to the Baron <laughs> in the back. Like, oh my God. What is that doing there? That is just ruining the whole game. Yeah. So, the, yeah. Sell that thing. Put a Cadgar on the board. Put the Baron next to the taunt. Please, what is this? Like
0: legit, you legit, you'd have a stronger board if you sold that Amalgadon. Like I yep. just, I just think that's, that's, that's more of like people not playing.
1: You know, a lot of pirate yeah. scam, and they, they don't sort know. Of no, like, oh, yeah. if I have Eliza Skellywag, something happens. If I had a Baron and a cat guard, it's probably good for me. Yeah,
0: and 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 to be yeah. fair, that composition did win right like that they had right these are all winning compositions that they played right so it did win but it's just like you could have sold the amount <laughs> if they, if they yeah you know so some people look at this and like oh this is how you play pirate like you know like they'll right. they'll look at this for sort of advice and then they're just rolling it down for the amount and, like, yeah, <laughs> and it's just like no this is not this is not correct. <laughs> This is not how you do it, <laughs> you know. Uh, but it it does work. Like theoretically, if you want to fix that pirate comp, right, you'd maybe switch the Eliza for another Cadgar or, or Kangar or whatever it's called. You know, another Cadgar, right? I'd rather have two Cadgars and, and then you sell the Amagadon, and that that looks cleaner to me uh, as a as a pirate comp. But you know, it the theory is right there, and I and it could be better, but it is. You know, it, it's there. It, it it is a it is a pirate comp a scam comp. Right? If someone played this against me, I'd be like, yeah, they're playing pirate scam. Like, I wouldn't. Yeah, sure, I wouldn't sure. disagree. So. I
1: honestly, I don't even think the amalgadon is that crazy. It's the fact that it's in the back next to the Baron that's tilting. Uh, you want a third or something? Why? I want it in the middle of the Skellywags, right? And I want the Baron okay. next to the uh, next to the Eliza in front of the Eliza, so that if we get cleaved, you don't lose your Eliza.
0: Yeah, 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 cleave would screw this comp super hard, right, like the cleave goes, it kills your Baron, you are like, yeah, yeah, also zap would screw their comp, right, because it zap, it would zap the 1-7 and then it would zap the 2-2, right, you (laughs) insta-lose, there's no chance, yeah, so, there are weaknesses, (laughs) dude, that goes outside, but, uh, I, I think it's pretty interesting, right, you can see the uh, most popular comp is Menagerie, um, yeah. right having like almost a third of all games right but i think that's more due to like how easy it is to um be a menagerie comp right like in the in the data right you yeah. just need different you units track,
1: you yeah. found the lights bang, you yeah. found the brand congrats you're now Menagerie.
0: Yeah. or you don't have a comp at all but you just picked up random tribes yeah. as you were as you were dying ah yes you died with menagerie theoretically right but you know you know it's interesting right like it's it's flat uh, flatum agam, right? <laughs> in the winning cup, right? Like the light the fang is just is, it, is a fake it's a fake out it's really a flat tusk agam.
1: That's actually true. You would never play light fang in that setup because why why play light Fang instead of it's, it's I guess that's something you end on, right? That turn. Yeah, or uh, something you need a buff slot, right? You so when you're playing flat tusk agam, you need a sl- you need a slot where for- you buy and sell things, right? You want to need to you need to sell sun bacon. You need to sell anything that generates gems. You're gonna to want to play mirazons, primal fins, anything that you know, salamentals, stuff that makes gems because you can just buy and sell and generate gems like that.
0: Yes, and then you know, if you have two golden divine shield nagadons, you know, I mean, you're you are menagerie. <laughs> <laughs> so that that also might be skewing the numbers right like if you if you've got two amalgadons right you've pretty much you know you're doing you're doing well for yourself right so um that kind of um skews the numbers a bit there and and uh i, I the light fang is not really i would say, i agree with part of that composition it's really just a flatless agam we've talked a lot about flatless agam being like the strongest composition right i think with the nurse it's it's toned down a little bit right with um with the change to flat uh to flat tusk where you need uh you need four instead of three
1: but it's if you you can now die that's the thing right (laughs) you you take flat tusk you can now die there is now this gap of like oh crap i don't have a shaker i don't have an agam i could die whereas before she kind of took care of herself yeah so
0: i still think it's strong but there there is a bigger window right you need you need the setup so um you know, I, I don't, like, I used to see Flash of Agam win most of the games. Now I don't really see that. I think there's more variety. So I think that was a healthy change there. You know, it worked yeah. out. Um, we haven't really talked about beasts, right? Beasts, I think, are still pretty strong in the meta, right? I remember, like, the last week we talked about, is every composition viable, right? And the, the yeah. analysis was like, yeah, I think you could pretty much play something in every tribe. And and uh be okay so uh, I think beasts are also kind of the thing right you can see there's a like there's a down spike for win rate in terms for beasts uh, actually you can't see that I can see that but maybe you have it opened up in your screen right but there's there's kind of a down spike for for beasts beasts demons mechs I would say have a down spike of, of getting first place and I think that makes a lot of sense right beasts have beasts i think are really strong but they have that weakness where you can die to a lot of things you can die to cleave you can die to zap you can die if your minions aren't strong enough right like you you lose to and you lose to a lot of other completed tribes right like the menagerie comp would beat beast the dragon comp would beat beast the pirate comp would beat beast you know elementals (laughs) (laughs) could beat beast you know uh, even relax like scam
1: like beast spike right like you yeah. just have the comp online and then, and then that's it right so yeah. they just kill people until you hit the guy that has the nuts for yeah. so and and, and it.
0: a big issue with beasts is they don't get divine shield value unless you're running specifically like uh the selfless you know beast variant yeah. which you know is a lot rarer to do because you also have to be picking up selfless and you have to like taunt it or, or whatever you have to have a setup where you can get selfless to trigger first on earlier beasts, which i've done a couple of times and that one feels really good really strong right because you it's basically the same comp but then everything is divine shield on it as well but um that's not common right you're not gonna see that in most of your games right and usually when you're playing beast you're not you don't have that divine shield value so if you fight something with a lot of divine shields or poisons or things like that and your cleave doesn't carry you then uh, you just you kind of get blown up right but it is relatively strong uh, but there are compositions that just out out it and or out you know out divine shielded in a lot of ways so there is that weakness there
1: it's interesting to me that the elemental version is the rag one instead of nomi i would imagine that nomi on average performs better than rag but so they're
0: showing like average, like these are first place ones, right? I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm sure elements nomi would also be elementals, right? Like because you have most elements. Yeah. Um
1: yeah, I think this is more high-rolly, right? When yeah. You the rag, so you get that's the first place boards. Whereas the Nomi is still a bit more prone to getting second or third.
0: Yeah, that might be true, right? I think. Nomi me is more consistent, right? But these are these are probably more high roll variants, right? Where if you get like he has double rag, Amalgadon, and the genie, right, and the Gar, like it's, it's honestly
1: that's not yeah. You know, like when Ira high roll elementals, ooh, that's you know like golden genie, golden Gar, extra Gar, golden like it just goes crazy. You, you've done it too, right? When yeah, yeah. when you get to tier six, and you're just like, oh. It's so good. It's so good. But yeah, I think the average elemental board probably doesn't have that. Right? So yeah, people yeah. aren't as greedy, right? When like when you feel like you're playing an Omo and you're just like, oh, I can do it. I can get away with it. <laughs> I can push six immediately with the genie. You, you know, these
0: like these boards that they're showcasing are kind of high rolling, but they're not that high <laughs> rolling. You know, yeah, like, they're not that crazy. Yeah, right? yeah. Like I, I've definitely seen way stronger boards on every. place. Like, so there's almost no golden everything right like if you look at their yeah, boards
1: exactly.
0: yeah there's, there's none not a lot of dominions like the the, the macaw's golden but the... I,
1: I, I think that makes sense right when you're looking at the uh, you know it's six and a half k instead of the the top regions where we usually play people are just less efficient and that's just normal because they don't play all day every day right and if you're just less efficient you have a little bit less gold here you're on tier six one turn later you see less shops and it's just less likely you have these nutty nutty boards so i don't think that's too too weird but it's it's a good observation yeah
0: yeah so uh, even even though you know the little rag is the example i think like if you want to play elementals more consistently right like getting like double me and staying on four is probably the way to do it right like if you can get that uh set up uh very quickly right because if you it, like me early like and you don't die scales really really well you know so yeah.
1: especially if you have two it's just yeah. all those boards are insane yeah
0: the the murloc board isn't like i think murlocs is where we were like struggling to like say oh is you know it's pretty strong right like uh, you really need that specific like Murloc setup for the Murloc to work out, and I'd say this is like probably the weakest looking board out of every, everyone. Yeah, you one. don't
1: know it, but that's only Janus uh, boards. Board. <laughs> There's No other hero that makes that than Janus. Ah, uh,
0: uh, if if Janus that board would look so much better if there was a Janus, right? That's he has true. he has brand and the lookout. I mean, he's gonna have mm-hmm. like. You know, four Mogadons. <laughs> just you know, just a lot of stats. So I I'd say this is like the non-Janus variant, right? If you have Janus with this setup, you are so you're so in business, right? It's super easy to win. Um there. And then um demons demons I wanna talk about separately because uh when you this is like the top, you know, percentage, but when you do all players demons and menagerie also becomes tier one and i thought that was pretty interesting that demons jumps such like menagerie you can kind of see right it's like right next to right next to it right it's the next one up but demons also becomes tier one right and it's just like it seems that demons work really really well uh for newer players i guess it makes sense right because you get you start with a wrath weaver right so you can't it's hard to mess up right you start with wrath Weaver. you start with your thing yeah. and then you just buy demons oh it's like, it's not that. it's it's, 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 it's you
1: protect them from themselves yeah
0: it's right. it's not that hard to do and then you get like a uh Malganus and it's like oh i don't take damage anymore oh
1: i just buy demons it's it's, it's clean he has poison down there as well <laughs> Farms everything right, like, why would I want poison if I can make big number? Right, so, but, yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: People still do that in uh, in the high elo, you know, me specifically,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you need I, more, mean, yeah. me, yeah. or me want big stats.
0: I, I, I do, I honestly, so yeah, but yeah, I, I just think, um, you know, the de- demons were in a weird like that. It was one of the reasons they didn't want to touch Lord Jeraxus, right? Like I remember talking with them about Lord Jeraxus, and I was like, "Oh, it's really weak." But they were like, "Oh, Lord Jeraxus does really well uh, in lower lobbies," and it's like, "Oh, so it's, it's it's a hero that actually performs really well uh, in those lobbies." And and I th- I always thought that was interesting that you know I looked at the hero and I was like, "Ah, it's unplayable." And then if you go down, it's like really strong because people really uh, utilize demons um, safely, or the weaknesses of demons weren't punished, at least you know at, at that stage. So I just think demons have that unique place where some people complain about demons, oh demons are we but demons have their role, right? They they there are some situations where it does really well and uh, doesn't struggle at all, and uh, you know wins lobbies and and whatnot but when you get to like higher tier it's it's it can be a big struggle for demons to win unless you get like a super early juggler comp right and the comps that win with you know juggler comp like you you cheese everyone juggler comp right that's how you win in high that doesn't happen that's not the strategy in, in lower levels you're just running like like Two Wrath, Golden Wrath, Evers, Mal'Ganis, and like the the other scaling demon. That's like that's what you're just running like big numbers, you know. It's yeah, yeah. not jugglers at all that wins. And I it just, just think that's
1: gold like, uh, grubber, right? And then yeah, just yeah, double, yeah. is on big numbers, and then maybe add a poison or two, like if poison is in the lobby, preferably not.
0: But that's high level. That's high elo. Yeah, yeah. that would be a high level yeah, 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 demon
1: yeah. comp with, which is basically that's Wrath Evers and yeah yeah. <laughs> right so it, it wouldn't even be classified as a demon comp but that would that would to me feel like a demon comp where i just have big wrath we were in i get like maybe starlisk maybe uh gold grubber maybe champion right So, yeah, and they
0: have mechs at the bottom um of uh of their you know i think mechs are okay right like the mech variant they're showcasing isn't necessarily like the best mech i would i would say right usually if you're running mechs you're running like double deflector, right and maybe the four reaper right like this one won, right so i'm assuming it's that four reaper carrying them uh yeah. in some case right but normally you'd run like double double deflector resets and then like extra reset and you're using that or you're running some type of like taunt comp variant right oh
1: and, god i just scrolled down to tier three what is he- that taunt comp dude yeah about so I, I i uh
0: i have i didn't include the the tier three tier four one just because i didn't have room and also they're <laughs> disgusting <laughs> but, but yeah i didn't have room um but quill boards uh would be in tier three and then there's a there's a tier four taunt comp which i think is just like ignoring the quill boards was like one of the only ones that doesn't have a they don't have a Magadon in there, you know. They are running Charles. Like that's their variant and like two divine shields. I guess like... it's
1: because they're they're just like mono Quillbore. Yeah. The adaptation It's kind of hard to pull off, right? Where they play. They play I, I see model, what you're saying. Yeah. Like oh, I only got one adapt and I didn't get poison divine shield. All
0: right, get it out of here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I guess so. That's that 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 is the issue. But um and then the taunt comp is just a travesty, right? We talk about taunt comp so much because it's so reliable and so like yeah. Use usable, usable in a lot of things, but yeah, the setup they've put for Talk Comp is not, it's not a
1: single a... arm, a single <laughs> cure, <carol>, nothing <laughs> that's reboarding. selfless max now, which is just like I get that that's the icing on the cake. Like an Amalgadon, how do you get that Amalgadon if you're playing tier four? It's just like so many questions, right? Like these, these are very weird. They basically have one, they have two units, right? They have Divine uh, the Shield Bronze Warden that's got some extra attack. And have a champion all the rest is just whatever yeah the rest is just- okay.
0: it's it's very peculiar right and the, another thing i wanted to talk about is like there's a lot of comps in there that they don't have you know like there's no scamming there's no there's none there's no scam version I there's no the poison is
1: the closest one right the, this,
0: the that, is a, that is not that
1: is not yeah okay you should, should at least have golden selfless baron that's true yeah, yeah
0: there, there's no um there's no poison comps, there's no scamming of any ways. There's nothing utilizing like um just gold grubbers at all. You know, there's none there's no Mithraxes in any of these comps. You know, none like even that life that menagerie light is a sham Lightfang. <laughs> like it's not really a light comp. Uh, you know, so there 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 are a number of comps that they just don't have. Maybe it doesn't see enough players to Uh, unique but i would i would say that scam is pretty popular these days um maybe it's hard to identify what is a scam comp or or whatnot but um there are a lot of comps that i just felt missing there's no there's no bomb comp i want to see bomb comp i know that one doesn't there's there's not enough players (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'd love to see bomb bomb baron you know the reset
1: i'd love to see ah yes what is So much of it that starts showing up. That's
0: your new mission. I don't think I I want a mission like that. But yeah, there's there's quite a bit of compositions that just don't see, you don't see just because people don't play it or it's too hard to identify what they are or or when to identify this as this particular comp. But you know, it'd be fun. I'd love to see, even if it doesn't see play, just like the possibility of comps you can try. You know, because. So, there there's a, a lot of times i'm playing a game and i'm like i've never seen this comp before like oh this is a cool combo i've never seen it i'd love to just have like oh this or like just just look back and see oh this is an interesting combo this was an interesting combo this was an interesting combo. right but it's uh you know it's hard to do and it's hard to see and hard to recognize when new comps are uh get existed right even ton comp right it was like it was around for a while before it. it got put into the compositions just because like it it has to you know it has to see significant play right like like especially when like it's only high rate like high rated people doing it that's a super small percentage of the part of the player base right even if it's it's popular there right it's not going to be show it's not going to show up here right because you know everyone needs to be able to do it right especially like you know the um
1: idea here you don't get the specifics yeah
0: like the Cadgar transitions right like that kind of stuff does won't show up right just cuz the, the the amount of people that do it is like less than 0.1 right like so like you're not going to see popularity like 0.00 <laughs> it's not going to I
1: wouldn't <laughs> even show up. Yeah. transition right like a guy sending us four caligos like yeah. most likely cadgears right <laughs> these caligos for <were> not <laughs> acquired by conventional means <laughs> yeah so um
0: it's it's just interesting. Um I sometimes take a look at the compositions just to see, but a, a lot of the times I wouldn't say it changes too much, just because of the way they track the um the situation, right? Dragon's been high like in high tiers for a long time just because they only track it when you have a Kelly Yoser or an Adina or something like that. So it's hard to track it realistically, right? Like if you if you get a six and then it's not Kelly Ghost and you're the rest are dragons, right. You get out of dragons and then it's like, Oh, that, that, and then you die, right. It, it's a failed dragon, but it's not going to show up as a failed dragon. It's going to show up as like Minagir or some other thing you tried. So uh, that, that happens a lot. Right. But it, it won't get shown up because of how it gets tracked. So it just, you know, it, it makes it tough to look at some of these, um, you know, a, these the numbers and be like oh this is perfectly accurate right like pirates you know if, if we were i would put pirates higher like <laughs> you know like scam count does so much it's more consistent i would say than if you a get lot. a
1: full yeah. yeah if you get a full scam off then the, the chance for first is incredibly high. yeah
0: so but it it doesn't show right as as, as as well as you're you're not using like perfect gameplay right for for a lot of this right like why is the amount on there? Why is it in the back? You know, all these questions, right? But what can you do? Anyways, any any final thoughts or any final uh, things you want to talk about? All oh, all of this uh, uh, this podcast. Anything
1: uh, you want to end on here? I'm upset at how that sounds <laughs> <It's> awful. Right? <laughs> No wonder people think it's bad. They go up here to like, okay, how am I supposed to play Taunt combo oh, this is my wins. Okay, I guess I'll guess uh, one arm, one karate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's been good. I, I think it's I think it's fun sometimes to take a step back and you know, step out of your bubble, right? Where you see your games the whole day, you see your opponents, their boards, and then you realize, well, this is just A tiny tiny fraction of the entire player base that's you know playing this game and it's good to just realize okay this actually happens people build like this and then i think i think it also helps to to teach other people right when you see like oh and sometimes you get so used to playing in a certain way that there's things that you take for granted that you have to step back and be like okay not everyone takes this for granted right let's take a step back and see okay let's let's start with the basics they go face what no you trade here (laughs) what you're going face what the (laughs) fuck
0: I remember this yes I agree (laughs) but yeah um I, I I think it's it's it is fun to take a look and see how people kind of evaluate compositions and how how things exist in in uh in the grand scheme of things so you know, I thought it would be fun. It's also a long topic that I could, you know, spend some podcast time on. <laughs> and I need that. But yeah, that shall be uh, it for us today. Thank you guys for joining us here. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Um, we'll see what we have and who we have in store next week. And, uh, you know, always thank you for participating, Shady. Always glad to have
1: you. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me, as always. And I
0: appreciate everyone's comments and feedbacks on wherever you get this. And uh, if you want to send us a message, you can send it to hsbgpodcast at gmail. And you can reach me, Cons underscore, and the thing, shady bunny no underscore, lucky him, didn't have to work on that. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Take care of yourselves and have a nice rest of your day. See ya. Right, sounds good